Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our plan is much better for public safety, which is the, the, the number one issue that we're all experiencing. I'm going to stop at nothing to make sure that every single family in the city of Chicago experiences that type of security as well. That's the most important thing that we can do. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Brandon Johnson, Cook County Commissioner and Chicago Teachers Union organizer, now one of nine candidates running for mayor of Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Fran. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Brandon, you're on a bit of a roll. Quarterly reports show you raised $1.8 million in the last quarter of 2022, more than any other candidate. Earlier this week, you picked up the endorsement of Congressman Jonathan Jackson, who is the son of the civil rights icon, the Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. The following day, you got another six-figure contribution, 400000 this time from the American Federation of Teachers. You already had a million dollars from them. And you've also hit the airwaves this month, I believe, with a 15-second commercial saying Brandon is better, and now you have a new one. Is there movement? Do you sense, do you have polling that shows that all of this is working? Is there momentum? Well, there certainly is momentum, and I am incredibly humbled um, by the momentum that is building around a far more dynamic, better form to move the city of Chicago forward together. Um, I'm incredibly grateful um, to have the support, first of all, of my friend, uh, Congressman Jonathan Jackson. We've done a lot of work together, organizing in this city, uh, speaking on behalf of working people, um, challenging um, the previous administration, as well as this one, uh, to fully invest in public institutions, particularly our schools, our healthcare system, and to have the support of the son of a civil rights icon and Reverend Jesse Jackson. Um, it's really a culmination of what you know our our forefathers and foremothers dreamed of that the civil rights movement and the and the labor rights movement, um, those two forces coming together what enormous potential we would have. Those are the words of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. And we are, you know, seeing the fruit of that labor. Um, you know, and again, to have the support of working people across the city, um, it is, it's an incredible opportunity for the city of Chicago um, to really set forth a new course uh, for the residents of Chicago. And having traveled all over the city of Chicago, it is very clear and evident um, that the platform that I'm running on that people recognize that my platform is better for Chicago. Reverend Jackson, where is he? Because I haven't been able to reach him. Do you believe that he will follow in his, fun's, his son's footsteps and endorse you as well? 
that would be very valuable to you, even though he is kind of retreated somewhat from the public scene as his health has declined somewhat. Well, that, that's important. I'm glad you noted that. You know, um, you know, Reverend Jackson has been an incredible mentor to me over the years. He embraced me as my time as an organizer, um, fighting for good schools and, of course, fighting for a healthcare system, a, a better healthcare system and, you know, fighting for, you know, affordable um, housing. And obviously his record on healthcare, housing and education is really second to none. I mean, we, everybody knows that he ran on single payer healthcare system when he ran for president and it has shifted the conversation um, in a very dramatic way. And his health is the most important, you know, dynamic uh, right now. And of course, I'm always thinking about him and praying for him. And, you know, I still do lean on him for advice and support. Um, is so he I, with I do, you? I, well, I check in with him on a regular basis. I mean, I think that what's important to me is that he has been a mentor. He's been a friend of not just me, but the, the entire nation and, and the world. You know, so, I mean, at, at some point, you know, uh, folks will have to ask, he'll have to answer that question for himself. But again, to have the support of um, his son, uh, Congressman uh, uh, Jonathan Jackson, um, is really a testament of the work that we've done collectively together, labor and well, civil well, rights. What has together. Senior told you? Has he told you I'll be with you or I'm going to or are you timing his endorsement? Where, where, What has he said to you? He said that he's proud of me. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit short of an endorsement. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, I mean, well, what I will say to do is to to, to have um, a civil rights icon. You know, tell me directly that he's proud of me. He he, he has um, has enjoyed my maturation over the years, and that my maturation is a reflection of the vision that he has had for the city of Chicago. I wouldn't make light of that, Fran. No, you know, no, I, I understand. And, so, and I'm not okay. Thank you. Okay. You hit the airwaves this month with, I believe it's a 15 second commercial to introduce yourself to Chicago voters who really don't know you. A lot of people don't. And it was a Brandon is better. I, I have seen this ad so many times, Brandon, even within five minutes of each other. Uh, you, the repetition, I assume there's a strategy behind this. Are you trying to get people to just just repeat it even within the next five minutes so that people get a repeated message about who you are? What What's the strategy behind this? I mean, you know, look, communicating to the people of Chicago is what any leader should do who wants to lead it. And that's what we're doing. Um, and it, it, it didn't start on the airwaves. As you know, I've been an organizer in this city and I've been in multiple communities and they're all saying the same thing whether they're in Ravenswood or Inglewood they want a better Chicago and they believe that a better Chicago is possible and unfortunately um, the leadership that we have now and many individuals who are running for mayor right now represent um, you know the, the the old structure of politics that have left too many families behind and you know our, our position is very simple um, that having had conversations from Ravenswood to Inglewood, right, from Jefferson Park to McKinley Park, um, that they want a leader who believes in public education. And, and I believe in public education. My children are students in the public education system. And the, the, the neighborhoods across the city appreciate the fact that I'm a parent. So that they know that I understand what this system needs who who better to understand what children need 
than not just a teacher, but someone who relies upon the public school system, our healthcare system. Um, it, it's, you know, there's a, uh, I'm very, very grateful to have the support of someone like Congresswoman Delia Ramirez. Because what's interesting about that is that, you know, her mother um, came from Central America to experience what, what government can offer. And she delivered Delia at Cook County Hospital, the same hospital um, that I stood in the line in to receive access to health care because I grew up with asthma. And at one point in my life, I did not have health insurance. And so the, the same Cook County Hospital that delivered um, the first uh, Latina to serve in Congress from the Midwest is the same hospital that served me that's now running for mayor. Like that's what would you say, though, are, sir, to the to yeah. the people who are concerned about all the money that came to your campaign from teachers unions and the fact that you are still an organizer for the Chicago Teachers Union? What would you say to people who are concerned about the CTU electing one of its own as mayor of Chicago and the undue influence that they might have because of that in light of the fact that some parents blame the CTU for the strike and for the delayed reopening of schools during the pandemic and so on? Well, first of all, teachers make up the city of Chicago, just like healthcare workers, um, because I also have the support of SEIU Healthcare, SEIU 73. These are the families that rely upon public schools. These are the families that rely upon public transportation, which has been unreliable and unsafe. The people of Chicago will have influence on the direction in which this city is going, is going to go in. And that's why there's so much momentum building up alongside of my candidacy, because they know as an organizer, we stood shoulder to shoulder with parents calling for more democracy an elected representative school board in which the mayor of Chicago reneged on her promise. As a Cook County Commissioner, I represent the entire county of Cook, 5.2 million people, in which I invested more money in violence prevention in the history of Cook County government over this last budget. We also uh, invested millions of a million dollars, um, $10 million into retiring up to $1 billion worth of medical debt. Right. The, the, the million dollars that we have placed, millions of dollars that we placed in universal basic income, which 55 percent of those who qualified for that were women of color. I'm going to be the mayor of the city of Chicago for all of Chicago, just like as an organizer, organizing for all of Chicago. Just but like what about the, the allegation that with all the money that's pouring into your campaign from teachers unions and your role as an organizer, that they might have undue influence? There's no evidence of that is what I'm saying. You've asked this already. What I said was that even as a Cook County commissioner in which I would I received support from 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 labor. And I represent all of Cook County. I mean, the larger question is, I mean, does, does this also apply to, to Paul Vallis, who is supported by the Fraternal Order of Police? Right? You know, yes. does this also yes, apply? Yes, it does. Yes, it, it does. And I will so, ask him that question. Also, so does it also apply to, to, to Congressman Garcia, who received 
millions of dollars from one trade union. I'm saying that there that that as a Cook County commissioner, the evidence speaks for itself that I've worked to invest millions of dollars throughout the county of Cook, and it did not go to one particular group. It went to the entire county of Cook. And as Let's mayor of Chicago, about- that's why the momentum is growing, because my candidacy is better for Chicago, and I'm glad to have the support of working people. In endorsing you, Jonathan Jackson nevertheless called Garcia a close friend and ally whom he appreciates. He said the endorsement was just a matter of timing because Chewy came in a little bit later, as he put it. Jackson also acknowledged that Chewy stands for much of the same things that he does and that he's a dear friend. He said that if you don't make the runoff and Chewy does, He said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Do you have any doubt that the progressive family will come together and rally behind Chewy if he makes the runoff and you don't? And will you commit here and now to support him if and when he makes it and you don't? I'm running to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago. I'm grateful to have the endorsement of Congressman Jonathan Jackson and to have teachers and other public employees on my side. I'm looking forward to leading this city and I'm confident that my leadership is best for the city of Chicago. And I'm looking forward to the debate that's the debates that 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 we will have. And I'm very grateful and very humbled by this moment, quite frankly. And so my- So I'm asking you though, can you, make a co- can you make a commitment here and now that if you don't make it and he does, that he will, that you will rally behind him? My commitment is to the working people who want to see me to be to see me be the next mayor of Chicago. You're not answering the question. The moment that we're in right now requires my leadership in this moment. And that's the momentum that you spoke of earlier. I am speaking to right now. And right now I'm in this race to win. And that's why I have the support of the progressive movement independent political organization, Congresswoman uh, uh, Delia Ramirez, Congressman Jonathan Jackson. It's why we have hundreds of individual donors that have that are supporting this campaign. We have hundreds of individuals that are knocking on doors right now throughout the city of Chicago, where we are coordinating efforts to not just elect me as mayor, but to elect city council members to bring the progressive agenda forward as the city of Chicago has been desperately waiting for for a generation. That's the moment that we're in right now. And that's the focus that I have. And right now, the city of Chicago deserves better. And as you have heard, as you indicated repeatedly, I'm better. Now, um, the mayor has been blanketing the airwaves with a cartoonish commercial tying Chewy to two indicted political powerhouses, former House Speaker Mike Madigan and disgraced crypto mogul Sam Bankman-Fried. Chewy has responded by saying he never met or even talked to Fried, has no idea why Fried would uh, donate $150,000 to an independent PAC that bankrolled a mailer that introduced Chewy to his new newly remapped district. Um, And as far as Madigan goes, he says he uh, forged a partnership with with Madigan, uh, because his good friend, former CTU president Karen Lewis, the late Karen Lewis, who was revered in your union, rightfully so, asked him to endorse Madigan to help fight former Governor Bruce Rauner's campaign to make Illinois a right-to-work state and block an increase in the minimum wage. Do you buy 
his his explanation, one on crypto and two on Madigan? Well, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that Congressman Garcia um, has um, abandoned the progressive movement. It is unfortunate. And how has he done my, that, sir? How has he done well, that? I mean, look, he has copied and pasted the, 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 the so-called public safety plan of of Lori Lightfoot, which, of course, he's an ally of. You know, I mean, he I mean, literally calling for the same um, strategies that have failed us. Those, those are not progressive values. You know, how and, are they different? And, I mean, what, where I, I haven't seen your plan. Well, that, how would what, you, that, how's your well, approach is going to be different? People are very clear about what my plan is and what I've said before, that no one in this race has more of an incentive for public safety um, to, to, to for, for safe communities than someone who's raising a family on the west side of Chicago. Look, we're in Austin. It is a beautiful community, but yet it is one of the more violent neighborhoods in the entire country. And what I've said was repeat what I've said repeatedly is that when when you have to change windows from bullets that come through your home and you live this every single day, a public safety plan has to has to reflect not just the values of the city of Chicago, but it has to reflect strategies that are effective. And that's so why what has Chewy proposed that's, that you would that you would not support? He wants to fill the vacancies, the sixteen hundred police vacancies right now, and he wants to support. Where is he going? This is unrealistic. And whether it's whether it's Lori Lightfoot, whether it's Paul Vallis, or whether it's Congressman Garcia, where are they going to get sixteen hundred police officers from? It's an unrealistic plan, and they continue to lie to the people of Chicago. I'm not going to lie to the people of Chicago. So, okay, don't I'm lie. Not. Tell us the truth. What is your plan? What is the truth? Well, listen, I, about- I, I, here's, the, here's the truth, as I've said repeatedly, that there's a direct correlation between youth employment and jobs and violence reduction. We have to invest in people. There's a direct correlation between investing in a 24-hour hotline in which mental health responders are available for what ultimately are 40% of the calls that come through 911. The pressure that law enforcement is experiencing right now, the pressure that the dispatch is experiencing right now have everything to do with the fact that law enforcement is being forced and required to respond to, to, to 911 calls in which they are either not equipped to handle or they do not have the support. My plan actually calls for frontline responders to relieve law enforcement so that it can actually focus on more um, more serious crimes. Fran, do you know that almost 50 percent of the crimes that happen in the city of Chicago happened in six percent of the city of Chicago? Would you reduce the police department budget and by how much? You're going to hear politicians talk about being tough. We have to be tough and smart. Here's what okay. I just said. Forty percent of the calls that are coming through are are, are mental health crises. Quantonio Lebrier on the west side of Chicago, his name. I understand that, sir. Eight. But can you answer so, the question? So this, Would you reduce I, I the police the budget? The police budget is bigger than it's ever been, and we're still not safe. 
The question we should be asking is, why are we proposing the same unrealistic goals in families like mine who live in Austin and Inglewood and families in Ravenswood and Jefferson Park are less safe? I'm so how much would you city. how much would you reduce it? And where would you we're put talking the money? about we're we're talking about investment that the safe the safest cities in America all have something in common. Brand. You know what they do? They invest in parks. They invest in schools. They invest in transportation. They invest in public health. They invest in affordable housing. The immediate solution and response to the unsafe communities that we are living in right now, and it is a problem for all of us, the immediate response is to make sure that we're providing opportunities for young people to work. There's a direct correlation there. Treatment, not trauma, is an ordinance that we can pass today that will actually alleviate the pressure that law enforcement is having on the front lines because they're not equipped to respond to those. We also have to reopen our mental health clinics. I'm the only candidate that has actually put forth a plan and solutions that work. Look, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but it has to work, Fran. It does. And it has to work for families like mine. It has to work like for families who are raising their children in uptown or downtown, wherever you are in this city, we feel less safe. We are experiencing an explosion of, of, of violent crimes because you have politicians like Lori Lightfoot, Paul Vallis, and Congressman Garcia that continue to propose the same old, same old that leaves us less safe with unrealistic goals that have not delivered results. As, so you as, would as eliminate the 1,600 vacancies and move that money to the alternative programs, the jobs program and the and the alternate response programs that you're talking about? Here's what I've done as a Cook County Commissioner. I've invested millions of dollars into violence prevention. We've invested millions of dollars into housing. We've invested millions of dollars into guaranteed universal basic income that provides economic security in communities like Garfield Park that have been described as a developing nation because the violence and poverty per capita reflects that. We have to be smart about our investments and we have to be honest with the people of Chicago. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be honest and tell the truth about our budgets, about our priorities. So tell like me, would you eliminate these 1,600 vacancies? Yes or no? Sounds like yes we're, to me. You, we're, we're, but Fran, here's the larger question. Rahm Wait, Emanuel answer that thousand, question yes, first. Can I, you I'm, do that? I am, I am, I am going to answer it, okay? Rahm Emanuel proposed 1,000 more cops. Congressman Garcia has pr proposed 1,000 more cops. Lori Lightfoot has proposed 1,000 more cops. Where are you going to get a thousand more cops? Do you know how long it takes to become a police officer in the city of Chicago? At least 18 months. At least 18 months. Look, if people want to sign up to become law enforcement, just like individuals want to sign up to become teachers or nurses, of course, look, if anything, you can accuse me of, 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 of wanting to see government invest more into the public sector. Like you can accuse me of that. What I'm saying, though, is to continue to accept what has failed, and I'm changing windows from bullet holes that, that are coming through my home, don't expect me to support failure. I'm a teacher. Of course, I'm going to go through a plan to make sure it's done right. Of course, I'm going to organize it because I'm an organizer, and I'm going to organize across this city and, 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 and invest in neighborhoods wherever you are to ensure economic security, because that's the best thing that you can do for communities in the city of Chicago.
What about Chewy Garcia's explanation about his alliance with Madigan? And his he he says he was asked to do it by Karen Lewis. Does that offend you? Is that a reasonable explanation? What do you think? So first, first of all, let, let's just lift up, you know, the incredible work of President Karen Lewis, right? So I, I don't want her name to be mentioned without acknowledging the fact that she was a brilliant, brilliant woman. Uh, she was a Bronco. My son is, is a Bronco at Kenwood. And she gave us all um, the courage and, and reason to fight back. Congressman Garcia has to explain his own relationships. He has to do that. Whether or not Lori Lightfoot has it right, or whether or not Congressman Garcia has the right explanation, what I'm simply saying is you have Congressman Garcia, who has been a staunch ally of Lori Lightfoot, a staunch ally. He was a part of her infrastructure and her administration. He literally copied her entire so-called public safety plan. I mean, as a teacher, I would call that plagiarism. He has but to what about what about the Madigan alliance? Does that you say he's abandoned progressive principles and all? So is is the alliance with Madigan abandoning progressive principles? His abandonment of progressive pr principles have everything to do with the fact that he is proposing um, an agenda that's being moved by the fraternal order of police. How so? You know, How and, so? And, How well, so? Well, again, because here, here, progressives understand what the city of Chicago understands, that safe communities require investment. And that's what we're talking about. And here's the thing, whatever he has done in the past, whatever he's done in the past, he has to come to an account for that. My campaign and my candidacy is moving the city of Chicago forward by making critical investments in neighborhoods across the city to provide economic security and to build a more united front, right? We're, we're ushering in something new, friend. I mean, people can feel it. You're not asking me about momentum if you're not experiencing it yourself. And I say that with all your humility, but I'm saying that our plan is better for education. Our plan is better for healthcare. Our plan is much better for public safety, which is the, the, the number one issue that we're all experiencing. I'm working hard every single day as a father, as a husband, to keep my family safe, to, to, to support my family. And I'm gonna stop at nothing to make sure that every single family in the city of Chicago experiences that type of security as well. That's United Working Families, United Working Families, was uh, has given you its support. They have championed a four and a half billion dollar wish list of revenue generating ideas that would level the playing field between the haves and have nots. I ask you here today, what are the progressive revenues that you favor in addition to raising the real estate transfer tax on high end home sales and reinstating the head tax, the $4 a month head tax. Do you support some of these revenue ideas that United Working Families has championed? The financial transaction tax, a 66% increase in the hotel tax, um, a city income tax of three and a half percent. What are the revenue ideas, the progressive revenue ideas that you favor? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, Fran, our full budget plan um, is going to be released in a matter of days. So I'm looking forward to having another conversation um, as other as as other individuals, including yourself, um, digest our vision. Look, we need a better balanced budget. And, you know, unfortunately, for too long, um, the, the, the same old, same old politics have relied on property taxes and working class people and middle class families um, to, to, to balance the budget. And, and that's why there's, you know, tremendous pressure uh, on families right now to make ends meet. And, you know, as I've said before, you know, the, the Bring Chicago Home Coalition that is focused on the fact that we have 65,000 unhoused residents in the city of Chicago. I mean, that's that's enough people for an entire ward, right? And so, yes, I mean, that, th these are strong ideas that we have, we, sh we, we must consider um, the, the corporate head tax. You know, again, this is, you know, a tax that once um, was in place and corporations actually did not mind the tax in and of itself. Um, that there were um, dynamics within the reporting and paperwork of that particular tax that made it um, arduous. Um, and that type of annoyance, I certainly can understand, reflect, um, have strong reflections on that as a public school teacher. You know, and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, we have to look even closer at how TIFs are being distributed, right? Because there's a great deal of loss that's happening in communities in which the TIFs were designed to actually protect and uplift. So I, 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 it's important to just say this, that the city of Chicago is one of the wealthiest economies in one of the wealthiest countries at the wealthiest time in the history of the world. But yet there are people who are too poor to live here and many people who cannot no longer afford to live here. If we're gonna be a city, a world-class city, we have to have a budget that reflects our values and, and everything will be on the table. And just like I've done at the county level, where we have balanced our budget without raising taxes while still making critical investment. That's the type of experience that I bring to, to, to the office of the mayor. What a about a city strong... income tax on Chicagoans and suburbanites earning more than $100,000 a year? Well, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of conversations about that. Um, you, know, I, you know, it's clear that when the um, organizing was being done for um, a progressive income tax, the city of Chicago overwhelmingly supported a progressive income tax, right? I believe it was 71% roughly of Chicago and said that those who um, make a quarter of a million dollars or more, um, there should be, you know, a shift in there um, of the amount above a quarter of a million dollars, right? So it, there was an incremental shift based upon that amount that that earner would, would have. And same thing, the next bump what happened, I believe, was at 450. I don't don't quote me on that, but I believe that was the jump there. And again, people saw that it as fair, you know. So for me, again, just like 71 percent, that you know, two thirds of the city of Chicago, that the flat structure that we have right now, you know, continues to 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 cause havoc, right? And so schools are being closed, mental health care facilities. Um, are, 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 have been permanently closed. Our public transportation system is unreliable and unsafe. Uh, you, we don't have a real robust public housing 
uh, affordable housing plan, right? We don't have a safety plan in the city of Chicago that speaks to investments like other safe American cities do. And so I'm confident that with the right stewardship that the people of Chicago will have an honest mayor in me to, to lay out a vision and a plan that we can agree on. So and does then, it tell like you the showing budget, of the the showing of the graduated income tax in among Chicago voters? Does that tell you that there would be support for a city income tax on people earning more than a hundred grand? What it tells me is that the city of Chicago wants us to make investments, right? Because remember when we were organizing. For but what trend, revenues do you support? Do you support that a city income tax, a transaction tax on the on the exchanges, a uh, an increase in the hotel tax? Do you support those things? As as mayor of Chicago, all of those proposals will be on the table. Any mayor that doesn't reflect and look at everything possible to make sure that we have a safe, thriving, healthy community, they're not being honest. They're not they're not fit to leave. I've said this repeatedly that the city of Chicago overwhelmingly believes that the investments that we need to make, it's a matter of saving lives. Just like when my wife and I sit down and we do our budget, we look at what we have coming in, we look at the investments that we need to make, and then we make decisions. And there are some decisions that we make that, you know, we're, we're, we don't get excited about. I'll say it like that, because it does have impact on, on our entire home. And then there are decisions that we make that we know that we cannot afford to ignore and neglect. And for too long in the city of Chicago, we've been ignoring and neglecting the needs of the city of Chicago. So um, I'm committed to building a, a collaborative, smart, articulate team that, that will be able to make the case just like, like the team that I have on the county board, where again, you know, multi-billion dollar budgets with critical investments. Again, we've invested in the universal basic income. We've invested in violence prevention. We've invested in small businesses. We've invested in public uh, public housing. Look, I've built, we built two senior um, affordable housing units and we broke ground on a third one uh, in my tenure as, as, as Cook County Commissioner. You know, imagine what I'm gonna do for the city of Chicago, just based upon the work that I've done as a Cook County Commissioner. We're talking millions of dollars of investment in communities throughout Cook County. I've done it as a Cook County Commissioner. Um, imagine what I'm going to be able to do once I'm mayor of Chicago. Critical investments without even having to raise taxes. We've done it as a Cook County Commissioner, and that's why my plan for the city of Chicago is better, and the momentum around that is growing. Brandon Johnson, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck to you, sir, in this home stretch. We've got about a month months ago, and you're going to be running right through that finish line, I'm sure. <laughs> Exhausted, too. It's like a marathon. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Frank.